Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. I'm Rocket Suka Romero. David Starr. Support Wrestle Talk. You are watching Wrestle Talk. Congratulations, you got here. Now subscribe and support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk and please subscribe now. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Because we talk about wrestling and I like it. Support Wrestle Talk. Go subscribe. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Keith Lee is the best around. Nothing's gonna have to keep him down. Apart from a Roman Reigns spear, which did eventually put him down. But only for three seconds. But we'll get to that. I am Luke Owen. This is El Fakador, Laurie Blake, and welcome to the WWE Survivor Series 2019 review show. And what a show it was. Yeah, it actually was really, really fun. I was like, it was one of those ones where I kind of, I've never been sold on the Survivor Series match as a just generally like I love the champion versus champion stuff generally mm-hmm. speaking but here it actually felt like WWE had got all of its figures together oh yeah shook them all up and just poured them into a ring and it was brilliant yeah that's kind of like so Survivor Series I, I don't like Survivor Series usually yeah. I like the the five on five match um, the reason why I don't get on with Survivor Series is because I just don't think anyone buys into brand supremacy yeah. or brand loyalty or they any make of it that garbage. They, they make it difficult because they only start building it three weeks before. That's exactly it, yeah. So like for the month of November, all of a sudden, brand loyalty is the yeah. most important thing in this company, as is brand supremacy. But come December, no one gives an F. No. And then that carries on then until November again the following and year. And it's even more problematic when you include something like NXT in it, who the night before had a pay-per-view where they're like, <laughs> I have Hate you! I we're best buddies now. Exactly. You've got like you spend have this a higher year, purpose. Candice Lorraine and Io Shirai. That's it. You spend this year being like Candice Lorraine and Io Shirai are like these warring blood feuds. They hate each other, but they will work together in mm. order to let Rhea Ripley win because apparently Io also likes Ripley for this one night. And I'm perfectly. Do you know what? I'm fine in in this instance. I'm fine to forget the story. Like it. It was that was a brilliant match, and well, but, I think yeah. most of the matches on this show were. Like a star, yeah. And actually, to your point, I think that's what they want you to do. Yeah, it's it's a non-canon show. You have just to, ig- yeah. ignore everything that has happened for the previous twelve months mm-hmm. and just enjoy this night of bonkers action. Enjoy it, I did because I, they I absolutely the, loved it. Because the five on five on five match and like you know the preceding five on five matches that we've had for the last few years mm-hmm. have always been the highlight of yeah. the Survivor Series shows because it is like as you say action figures just coming together and just colliding in the middle of the ring and WWE to their credit 
always do make you feel like these are big moments. Yeah. Like when you get Braun Strowman and Drew McIntyre step into the ring, you're like, whoa, what a showdown. I've seen these lads. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, they were, they were tag partners this, like, like this time last year. Mm. But all of a sudden, they were like, wow, mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what's going to happen now. They do really put over the fact that you don't get to see these uh, matchups very often, even though yeah. we've seen them all throughout 2019. It was, it was kind of indicated to me very early in this show when I was watching the kickoff show and they were doing the cross-branded tag team Dubri What's It match, whatever it's oh, called, yeah. Battle Royal thing. And as all the entrances were happening, I was like, oh, they're in it. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> oh, those guys. Wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, Hawkins and Ryder. Oh, that's someone else. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but we thought we'd kick the uh, conversation off with the men's uh, mm-hmm. elimination match, the five-on-five-on-five match between Team Raw, Team SmackDown, and Team NXT. Because what a weekend Keith Lee has had. Mm-hmm. He had a great showing on SmackDown. Like I, th- I think in the lead-up to Survivor Series, Aside from Adam Cole, he has been pushed as like the guy yep. of NXT because he's always the one to like end off the show with a big dive over the top mm-hmm. or a big move or something. Him and Riddle were, uh, you know, on the first part of the first NXT invasion that they did on the episode of SmackDown, and then this last past um, SmackDown, he had a great showing on there as well. Yeah. Then the following day, incredible in War Games because the crowd were just they built that match so perfectly mm. of the undisputed era beating down um, Dijakovic and Tommaso Ciampa yep. to make you desperate to see Keith there was Lee a, get there in was that a ring. minute at which the undisputed era were just prancing around the ring and everyone was just yeah. doing basking in his glory. And the crowd just were being wrapped up into this frenzy mm-hmm. for Keith to, to finally be allowed into this match. So he had a great war games. Mm-hmm. And then on this Survivor Series where... I'd say everyone else, apart from Tommaso Ciampa, was basically made to look like a chump. Yeah. On the NXT side of things, and for the you know this men's five on five on five, Keith Lee was put over like a megastar. Yeah. An absolute megastar in all of this. He was so protected on the outside, and when he finally tagged in and got to do all of his big stuff, the crowd was so so into Keith mm-hmm. Lee. And then he pinned Seth Rollins and then had an incredible back and forth with Roman Reigns. He was he was the last guy for NXT. Mm-hmm. He was the second to last guy in the match. Exactly. It, I, yeah, and I think that's... It's, it's one such a big kind of glowing summation of Keith Lee as a character to be like, well, you've just hung in there with the two guys that WWE thinks are the faces of the company. Oh, yeah. Like, Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns are the faces of both brands. Absolutely. So to, go one, go over Seth Rollins is yep. amazing, which hopefully could further a story with Seth Rollins' inevitable heel turn that you must feel is coming. And then to, <laughs> to almost pin Roman Reigns as well yeah. is just insane. Yeah, the To go from falls. a guy who, like, you know, like a month ago, I'm sure WWE didn't think that people knew who Keith Lee was. Yeah. And obviously his entrance and his involvement in this match... And from the crowd in Chicago showed, like, I think across the board, they they kind of were very into the NXT lot in general mm-hmm. as a very sort of wrestling savvy crowd. But Keith Lee especially was so over. I would say of all the NXT guys and girls that were on this show, they put all of their eggs into Rhea Ripley, Shayna Baszler and Keith Lee. Mm-hmm. Like those were their top three guys. Yeah. And, of, and of those three, 
I would say it was definitely down to Lee and, and Baszler because Baszler won the, the main event of the mm-hmm. night because Rhea Ripley, although she was the sole survivor for Team NXT, she did win it by cheating wildly. Oh, yeah. Like it was the... She, not cheating, canniness. Bizarrest match I've ever <laughs> I've ever seen in, in all fairness. Like bizarrest choice of booking where you're like, huh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. But we'll get on to that. But for Lee, it really felt like you've got to be heading to the main roster. Yeah. Because this felt like you were putting him over so strong that now going back to NXT, going back to that C show, mm. almost feels like you you deserve to be on this sort of like grand stage. You should be in matches against Roman Reigns. You mm-hmm. should be in matches against Seth Rollins. You should be in matches with Brock Lesnar. You should be in matches with The Fiend. You should be in matches with the top brass of WWE. Yeah. And, and that's not a slight on NXT at all because him versus Adam Cole would be you know, an, an incredible so much, match. Yeah. But after this performance and after this weekend, you're like, dude, you should be the main events of shows. However, I, w- yeah, I would counter by saying that if the point of Survivor Series, which you've got, I think, considering NXT showing here, you've got to be considering that the, the whole thing is to funnel people back to Wednesday. And that Good is... Good point, yeah, yeah. That's kind of the point here. So choosing Keith Lee to have this big moment because Tommaso Ciampa, I think, is already sort of a known quantity and kind of a star. And you've seen clips of him from War Games last night mm-hmm. during Survivor Series being like, here's what happened with Adam Cole. Adam Cole is already really over and really well known. Baszler's kind of crest- like breaking through in her match, I think, tonight. Oh, sorry, last night was kind of point. I think the match didn't quite go as planned, but yeah. the point was to cement her as kind of a name. And the same here with Keith Lee. So you're just, oh, I think all they're doing is making sure that there's like five or six names in NXT that people are going to go there for that aren't called Finn Balor and potentially Kevin Owens. If you ever guess, but you know, like, well, we- that's what I mean. So they don't have to rely so much on the the last few weeks of people from the main roster will turn up and you'll see the OC on here and Seth Rollins is here and Becky Lynch is here. Whoa! Yeah. To make those, to make these guys household names and make people be like, well, I have to see more of Keith Lee. Well, that's it. So as a possible counter to that mm. is the War Games was specifically designed to further the feud between Cole and Champa. <laughs> yeah. Like that's, at the end of that show, your overall takeaway from that was Cole and Champa is our next direction. Yep. So where do you go with Lee? I mean, yeah. I'd, I'd love to see him and Dijak as a team together going up against the Undisputed Era. Yeah, I think that could definitely be... That's a definitely a potential one for me in, in yeah. the list of things that I would do with Keith Lee. That or a North American title run, maybe, against yeah. Roddy. Um, but I think, yeah, Keith... Some combination of Keith and Dijak is going to be breaking down the doors of the, the lower-tier championships yeah. pretty soon. Because it's incredible to think, this time last year... And not even this time last year. Hmm. This time in March, April, May, June, Keith was doing nothing. Mm-hmm. At, not, not even in NXT, doing nothing. You and I were doing the NXT weekly reviews mm-hmm. and always saying, where the hell is Keith Lee? Like, you've had him for a year and you've not done anything with him at yeah. all. And it was only until they went live with the uh, on the USA Network that all of a sudden Keith's like okay now he's back yeah. on TV we like, like that Dijak match you do <laughs> we love can you the do, Dijak could match. you do the Dijak match every week <laughs> one a week please one a week please our weekly Dijak that'd be grand <laughs> because he was even like prior to them going on to USA Network his storyline was I've not done anything for 18 months yep. and I'm teasing a heel turn mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden that's just been dropped yep. and we've gone in a completely different direction it is startling to look at Keith Lee 
in the ring with Roman Reigns, fist bumping at the end of this match. Yeah. And you think and compare that to six months ago when he couldn't even get on TV. Yeah. I, I think it's interesting, though, because you, you can... I think Keith is such an in, like a, a unique proposition for some like for a star. Obviously, like size and skill level is is um, they seem so at odds. <laughs> like yeah. his ability to high fly and his and his actual just weight class yes. are drastically different. However, you look at someone like say Heavy Machinery and how over kind of Otis is. And it's that exact same thing of like big guy does stuff that you don't expect big guy to do. He does the work. So they, I think in their heads they've gone, well, Keith Lee's like an even better version of that. So <laughs> we should definitely make him the biggest thing going. Like, Absolutely. And I think that's kind of what you want to say about NXT is like we, we do have the kind of the best talent going and it's all different shapes and sizes. It's not just small guys or yeah. smaller guys like Adam Cole and Tommaso Ciampa. We also have the big powerhouse kind of WWE style main roster talent it's th this show was like the best advert for nxt they've ever done oh yeah, yeah. like and it were and you know nxt won the night yeah, which yeah, I, no, I mean which i don't think many people saw coming i didn't see it coming no i, I was gonna say i think we on our prediction show we were essentially joking about nxt getting mm. any wins yeah and here we are that and not even they won they won they won decisively yeah raw got one win and it was on the pre-show we were we were blinded by the the feeling that of letdown from WWE, but how uh, we forgot to the sort of like the Jinder Mahal litmus test of like <laughs> you can be a WWE champion if WWE's trying to sell you something. That's it. Like Mansoor can get a big push <laughs> if yeah, we're doing yeah. shows in exactly. Saudi Arabia. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. We did not didn't factor that into yeah, the equation whatsoever. The Mahal test. <laughs> the Mahal That's test. It. So. I'm going to do something slightly different on this show. I was thinking about this today. So mm -hmm. Lady Lou, who is our mod mother, she's getting, gathering together all of our super chats. I'm going to give Lady Lou another little challenge here. Not a challenge so much, but just something to gather together. Because NXT won the night. Mm -hmm. But what does that mean? Like, why did NXT want to win this night? What do they get out of winning this? So in the kayfabe world of WWE. I'm putting this out so you don't have to do this as a super chat, just leave it as a comment. I just want Lady Lou to try and grab as many of the sort of the best ones that she can that she can see. What do NXT get out of this in the kayfabe world of WWE? Zip. Like <laughs> so like on Wednesday, yeah. what do they do? What what I, you could have started this video, what next for mm. NXT? I think I think NXT will pick up the ball and run with it here because it's not gonna I don't think it's gonna be a case of last year's Survivor series and the raw clean sweep that was never mentioned again and that, that <laughs> forgotten New Day win. Exactly. Like it's this New is Day were the only people yeah, going on about this it. This is this is gonna be NXT's surely got to they're gonna have a package at the beginning to be like last week in NXT and there's going to be war games and there's going to be people on SmackDown there's going to be Survivor Series and they're going to go we're the A brand now like we, we just yeah. we won the whole thing so if you want to turn up and actually have a good match come down here if you want to watch the best wrestling that there is in WWE watch this and also by the way don't watch that other show that's on Wednesday <laughs> <laughs> what other show <laughs> yeah, that's what? on there isn't even another show you don't even have another choice exactly this is the only brand so yeah, yeah. so I'm, I'm going to put that out. what do NXT in this kayfabe WWE world get out of this borderline clean sweep mm -hmm. uh, over because Smackdown only won two matches Raw only won one there was a very funny moment when Corey Graves said I think well uh, you know we're going to catch up NXT and we're going to wipe the floor with them I was like mate there's two matches left yeah, you, you physically can't win <laughs> <laughs> what are you on about <laughs> Corey but, handled his maths. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, not a great weekend for Corey. No. And, and, and his, his, neither his Twitter game, uh, mm. nor his commentary this evening. 
uh, during Survivor Series. Um, the less said about Corey Graves is, hmm, yeah. Poor old Morrow. Mm. It'll be, I mean, so Dave Meltzer said on uh, Wrestling Observer Radio, so despite the fact that WWE told you that Morrow was, quote, injured, effectively they said that he was so excited by War Games he blew his voice box. Not true. His voice box is fine. But he didn't want to do the show after Corey Graves' tweets. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the word is, is that if he's not there on Wednesday, Morrow, Ronaldo, that is, then it will become a story. Mm. As it currently stands, Morrow is scheduled to be back on Wednesday. But if he's not there, then that's when it becomes a story. Because mm. this is not the first time this has happened with WWE and Mauro Ronaldo. Yeah. So it's certainly one to keep an eye on. Three days, JBL. Yeah. Anyway, so let's talk about the men's elimination match. Um, no one got individual entrances. They all came out as a group. To their music. To, to their, their music. various music. Although I did appreciate Seth Rollins coming out in his Nikki Bella cosplay. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute <laughs> dork that he is. I liked it. I, <laughs> I, I like the fact that also like everyone just sort of went with a, let's go with a colour rather than a t-shirt. I was so yeah. much better. This isn't at, Saudi Arabia. Oh we don't need God. to wear t-shirts. I loved it. Mm-hmm. No, not a single t-shirt in sight. Yeah. The t-shirt's the or biggest. Or the split ones. Oh, oh. One absolute, I hated it so much. Mm. But here, great, just red gear or red themed yeah. gear or blue themed gear or black, and, lovely stuff. Yeah, I so much better. It worked so much better. Apart from NXT, who just wrestled in their regular gear. Well, they had, <laughs> like, they were wearing like yellow and black colors, and like Bianca R- Belair had. Matt like, Riddle NXT. was wrestling in blue. Who was Matt Riddle? Nah, well, Riddle. <laughs> he's a law unto himself. Riddle is. Um, Anyway, uh, oh, so, so was Keith Lee, actually. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, the uh, NXT lads, they, they, they haven't got the money to make their own extra it. merch, so yeah. they just wrestled in whatever they could bring to the, the arena. The WWE seamstresses were busy. Crowd booed Rollins throughout this match, it must be said. Mm-hmm. Ali uh, brought out a Chicago flag because he's from uh, Chicago, and uh, they announced on the pre-show that Team NXT was going to be Tommaso Ciampa, Keith Lee, Damian Priest, Matt Riddle, and United Kingdom champion Walter. Mm-hmm. So weird seeing Walter on the same team as the NXT guys. Mm-hmm. So fundamentally underserved in this match as well. Well, yeah. he got a big he got some really fun moments early on which I I love to pieces. Him facing off against Drew in a slap match. Oh, so great. Him facing off against Braun, Braun as well yeah. was brilliant. I love there's a bit where uh, Braun, I think it's Drew and Walter in the ring with Braun. Braun ducks a cloak like sort of blocks through a shoulder block from them two and then hits his drop kick and Keith Lee on the on the apron just goes <laughs> got to applaud, got to applaud. <laughs> yeah, it was. So Walter was the first man out. Made to look like. I mean, he had a flurry, mm-hmm. but this was not a good showing for Walter. No. His main roster run thus far yep. has been losing via DQ to Seth Rollins, then losing the eight man tag, and then being the first man eliminated. Mm. That is not how you book Walter. It's the particularly when sorry particularly when the storyline of NXT UK is that Walter is too dominating and no one can beat him. It's the it's the different views of uh, people from mainland Europe between like <laughs> the Brits are like you know so Imperium I think Imperium have a sort of not a Nazi vibe but they've got a bit of a Nazi vibe. I mean they're called you know yeah, Ring Camp exactly. So they, they've got that they've got that kind of going for them and like in the UK we're like well we'll make them the greatest enemy and the, the thing you have to overcome in America is like you can't let them have a foothold. You've got to <laughs> got to squash them immediately. Yeah, it was not a good showing for the NXT UK brands yeah. in in terms of having your United Kingdom champion beaten in a matter of minutes. Yeah. Granted it was to the Claymore which is a very protected move. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah. Or oh, you wait until oh. January when they've got a show. Well, yeah. They've been winning everything, weren't they? <laughs> crowd were not, because Walter was so over with this crowd as well. They got BS chance for yeah, absolutely. so early. But then it was fine because we got treated to Gable and Ricochet doing incredible wrestling, and then Gable and Matt Riddle doing incredible wrestling. Just an ankle lock trade. That was oh, it was just amazing yeah. stuff. Like, and it's, and I'm, I am going to call him Gable because Shorty G is the worst name ever. But it is. Yeah. And he's so much better than that. And yeah. this was one of those times where you're like, God, you deserve better. Well, it was when I turned to you while I was watching it and I said, doesn't SmackDown just have the, the longest list of goofy stuff now? <laughs> like, it's got Shorty G, King Corbin, yeah. and The Fiend. And like, obviously, The Fiend's pretty cool, but it's also quite goofy to an outside, yeah, from an outside perspective. So you've now just got, like, all these really throwbacky, weird WWE gimmicks thrown around. It's just, it yeah. just feels like it's become... A parody of wrestling in some degree. So there was a, the storyline running through the match was that King Corbin and Roman Reigns were consistently arguing, continually mm-hmm. arguing over who should be the team captain. Corbin would tag himself in, Roman would tag in. They would like argue and bicker throughout the yep. match. Um, so it was a good bit with Kevin Owens as well. Yeah, that's what I was about to get. Yeah, because so yeah, so, so, we'd so, set that up early in the night where. Yeah. Seth Rollins approaches Owens backstage and says, you know, I know what happened last night. Just want to check where your loyalties lie. And Kevin Owens goes, well, uh, that was actually me about, about me taking on the Undisputed Era, not me helping NXT. Like, I love NXT, but NXT doesn't need me. Raw needs me. And also, why are you coming over here talking about my loyalties? We know all about your past. Do I need to remind you? Fist bump. <laughs> yeah. Um, which I thought was great, but set up this perfect moment in this match where Owens tags in as... Shorty G and Champa are down and has to choose who he's going to hit the bullfrog splash on. He looks at Champa, looks at Shorty G, looks at Champa, looks at Shorty G, and he thinks, oh, Shorty G. Pick Shorty G. And yeah. then, as a thank you to Master Champa, DDT'd him and pinned him. But it was good. It was yeah. really good stuff. Well, because also he did that whole bit where he was like, um, he was outside the ring, he super kicked people, he cannonballed Roman Reigns into the barricade he then hit a stunner on king corbin i think it was yeah, on the outside and while all that was happening keith lee also on the uh apron just went like oh no i'm fine for that i'm fine with this this yeah. is fine this is fine by me so all the like all the build that they did for this match with the triple h stuff yeah. talking to rollins like none of that mattered mm-hmm. in the actual match itself yeah but i did really enjoy all the kevin owens stuff and then that led to a showdown between tomaso champa and randy orton I sort of sat back in my chair being like, what a fascinating dynamic. Mm-hmm. I am really into watching this now. Randy Orton like laid out everyone. He hit loads of RKOs. He had an RKO on Champa. He hit an RKO on Damian Priest and eliminated him. And then Matt Riddle eliminated Orton with an R- uh, with roll a roll-up. And then Orton RKO'd him. So Orton did get stand to Also, none of the Orton uh, ricochet stuff in this match either. There was mm. nothing about that. Um, but I was really into the Tommaso Ciampa, Randy Orton. Well, especially when they were ch- sort of like, uh, Ciampa goes for the Widow's Bell, and it's like, well, that's Randy Orton. That's, like, yeah. that's a vintage Orton move. What are you doing? Yeah. And he's just like, no, vintage Orton. I understand how this move works, and I won't move my legs through the ropes. Yeah. I also loved his watch. Excuse like, me, sir. Like, Randy slithered in to do his, like, oh, I'm going to arcade you from out of nowhere. Mm. But Ciampa's like, no, I know you're there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to turn around and be like, no, I see you. Yeah, so you stop. <laughs> Uh, so Lee and Sk- Champa were <laughs> for NXT. Um, crowd were just so massively into uh, 
to Lee. Uh, in the end, we got some like collisions on the outside. Uh, Ricochet ran wild, but he then ran into an end of days, and he was out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lee got to do uh, run wild, and he did this great spot where he went to do his like roll through X Factor, but. Uh, Rollins li- like lifted him over his head so he could do it on Champer instead. Oh yeah, really, really, really fun cool. spot. Braun did the charge, and I think this was the best outing of the charge I've seen in a long time. Where yeah. He, so he went around the ring. Champer chucks himself over the barricade on the hit. Rollins takes the hit. Ricochet turns himself inside out as always. Drew McIntyre bangs himself into the steps, and he thinks, "I'll go around again." Runs around, and everyone piles out of the way. But Keith Lee meets him on the other side with yeah. this big crossbody. Again, a great, great showing for for Lee yeah. to, to put him over as well. And then it's a great way to, and it was also just a really smart way of getting Braun out without doing like he has to take a pin or anything because Braun's getting back to his feet, and Drew McIntyre just lays in a claymore. Yeah, and so Braun can't answer the count; he's eliminated. I just thought that was it was really cleverly done. Yeah, Braun getting counted out. Always thing is pretty it's quite lame because it's always like we need to put him in these matches but we never want to beat him so yeah. we have to come up with these i think it was fine here because i think it was like i think it's fine of, but they do yeah. it every year I, oh, unless yeah. he unless he wins yeah well yeah, but there's always that option <laughs> and then as a way to we were just talking about like a great way to put keith lee over there and you know have him like block the the, the braun Strowman charge and everything mm-hmm. like that you could say that was the the total opposite was done for seth rollins who was already being booed throughout and then he pinned hometown hero mustafa ali yeah not not a great way to get him baby face cheers um, they want that for him anymore necessarily <laughs> not they've given up um, Roman and Corbin argued to a massive CM Punk chance because Ali had got eliminated by uh, Rollins mm-hmm. um, and then we got uh, the Claymore's champion he um, well yeah so Claymore's champion then a spear to Drew by Roman and he was out Roman and Seth go at it um, and we got oh, there's so much going on down here well that's when they, that's when it all sort of breaks down and it ends up being uh, two guys down in the ring Corbin's calling for Roman to come and get the tag Everyone's cheering for Keith Lee to get tagged in by Tommaso Ciampa. Corbin runs in, There's, cuts off it, yeah. Lee on the apron. And that's when he then drags Roman into the corner and tags himself in on Roman, shouts at him for a bit. Yeah, And that and that is when Roman decides, mm, I've had enough of Corbin. Yeah. Hits the Superman punch, spear, so right in front of Ciampa, and then just sort of leaves it. And Ciampa's like, oh, I don't... And it's great sending from Ciampa to be like, I don't... Am I, should, I, should I? Yeah. Is that... A th- I, I, one, two, three? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just... Ugh. So it came down to Rollins and uh, Rollins versus Reigns versus Champa and Lee. Uh, they went to go do the triple power bomb, but now it's just a two-man power bomb mm-hmm. on, on the outside. But that got broken up by Lee. Um, Rollins kicked out of Project Champa to loads of booze. Roman stopped the fairy tale ending, and then Rollins eliminated Champa with a stomp mm-hmm. to more booze. Uh, so Lee was the last <laughs> man for NXT, and he just ran wild on both men. Yeah. And then. Um, Kicked out the frog splash, crowd still booing Rollins, hits the jackhammer on Rollins to pin him, and then has this amazing sequence with Roman Reigns, where Roman Reigns eventually won out. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like Roman dominated. Lee got all of his shots in. Yeah. Uh, it was just amazing showing for Keith Lee. Just made him look so, so great. Yeah. And it was. It was so much fun to watch because it was chaotic, wildly chaotic. Mm. You could easily forget. 75% of the people that were in this match because yeah. they just got because I, I forgot that Ali was in this match and Shorty Gable and Ricochet because most of them did nothing mm-hmm. like Matt Riddle did nothing effectively I know he pinned Randy Orton but like what else did he do in the match yeah. Walter did nothing Damian Priest did nothing 75% of the people in this match did nothing but it was designed for Lee yeah 
and it worked. Mm -hmm. So actually, I thought it was an excellent match. And it was way better than the women's one, which was so overbooked, it was ludicrous by the end. Yeah, I, th I think this match had, it just had that feeling of like, while, yeah, there was 14, no, like 12 extra bodies in there that you didn't really need <laughs> yeah. for the match. They, because everyone just came in and did something. And there was just enough of there was just enough drama throughout of like you know Ricochet didn't really do much but he did that wicked little sequence with Shorty G where he did the handspring mm -hmm. back into that and Shorty G counts into the ankle lock so everything that happened was really cool and it wasn't just like you know two people gang up on one person and beat them down for ages it, yeah it was a match of just constant spots and momentum. And that was what was so good about it. And every time someone was like, they'd done their bit, some more people tagged in and you were like, oh, a fresh combination. And it was just constantly, like I said, with the figures thing, it's just like you're just throwing all your toys together and going, well, this combination's cool. Okay, these, now this one. It was like they were booking their own little dream matches for 30 yeah. seconds at a time. The, the, the men's five-on-five -five elimination match is always a highlight of the year. Mm. Like I, The build-up to it is always rubbish. Yeah. But the match itself is always so much fun. But, and this was no exception. But weirdly, maybe because it's unshackled from story. Do you maybe, know what I yeah, mean? Maybe yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's just 15 lads go in there. It's like, well, can you do spots for 50, for 40 minutes? Yeah. yeah. And I think maybe that maybe that's kind of the key to it. It's the fact that because it's just, you know, brand supremacy might be the world's laziest storytelling <laughs> yeah. device to go, well, you five are a team now. When you actually just go, well, you five are a team now, go do all your stuff in a ring against 10 other guys suddenly it just becomes a really, really fun wrestling event. Also, the men's uh, NXT match isn't... Also, the NXT team, rather, isn't shackled by the fact that they were on opposing sides in war games, like mm -hmm. the, the women's one, yeah. unfortunately, was, because it was, you know, Keith Lee was in there and Kevin Owens was in there, but they're on opposing sides now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so because Owens was on Raw. Yeah. Um, so, it didn't, so it didn't have that sort of shackle to it either. So actually, it just, so you weren't sitting there going like, why are they teaming together? Yeah, and I think they made, the, and, they made and the Kevin Owens thing was probably the only tricky thing they needed to navigate, and I think they did it beautifully. I think that the, the sudden elimination of Kevin Owens and Champa just being like, well, that's what you get for helping, like, because yeah. he doesn't care. And that's part of his character completely. So I think that it was just really, really well done all throughout the match. I think we're probably leading to Seth versus Owens as well. Mm -hmm. I think that's the direction we're heading to on Raw. We'll, yeah. we'll find out, you know, tonight on on Raw. But I, that felt like with their interaction they had earlier in the night, and then with Owens picking a seemingly Gable, obvious betrayal. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Sort of like you know he picked Gable over getting rid of uh, Champa, and then sort of like paid for that in terms of like so Seth Rollins could turn that against him for you're the reason why Team Raw lost mm -hmm. or something along those lines. It was you, Seth. You you, you, <laughs> you were definitely uh, the man. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's get into your Soup Soup Super Chats. Let's start off uh, with Lady Lou um, getting together. What NXT can get out of this? Thank you very, very much for, for doing that. I know I kind of caught you off guard by asking you to do that <laughs> live on air. I, I thought about it. I was like, I should have it's said It's a test that. to see if you're paying attention. I said, I should have said this earlier in the day. Mm. I have been thinking about it, but I've, had some other, I've been doing a lot of podcast editing. So thank you very much for that. So let's see what you think in the chat about what NXT can get out of this. Uh, Wallow TV, German Dan, Pledge Hammer, the mayor of Pains, thinks they should get a two-hour celebration show. Yeah, they just ride around on an open-top bus <laughs> for two hours. <laughs> the FA Cup winners. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, Lindsay says, they get bragging rights, Luke. That's true. <laughs> well, I, you know what? When you're right, you're right. You mm-hmm. do get bragging rights. I think they should get custom T-shirts printed. Um, Matthew Holbrook said NXT want to boost their war with AEW, but I, I want kayfabe reasons. Because mm. that, that's like, th- of course, that's why they won. Because they're trying to be AEW in the ratings, even though it's not a war, apparently. Yeah. Um, but it's, I want kayfabe reasons. Like, NXT didn't win so they could be AEW. I think you use it as a seat at the table, right? So, like, if you if you say, like, at Rumble weekend, where uh, there's no takeover before the Rumble, right? They've moved the takeover away. So, they've got Worlds Collide instead happening before the Rumble, which is obviously, like, an interbrand thing anyway. But does this mean that now NXT is going to be, like, we get a seat at the table for pay-per-view. So we're going to have the NXT Championship defended at pay-per-views yeah. for, for like main show WWE stuff. But we also still get our takeovers because we're greedy. And we yeah. want our cake and we will eat it too. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, see, that, that for me, that works. Yeah. Like that is a kayfabe reason as to why you want to do this. Uh, Chamomile Probable says, well, NXT gets kayfabe legitimacy, proving themselves to be main roster stars and the main roster uh, and the main roster audience. In a practical aspect, they'll brag about it on Wednesday, and that's about it. Uh, Damian Graves says, NXT proved everything they've been saying for the past few years. They aren't developmental anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, cool, but what do you get out of this? Like, yeah. you're still going back to NXT. You're still I, going back to your 250 people. I think kayfabe reason you say we should be included in your pay-per-views. Yes. We should be allowed more entrance in the Rumble. We should be allowed more yep. entrance in, like, Elimination Chamber. We should be allowed to vie for the Universal title if we want to. Like, yeah. Uh, Jesse says NXT can now brag that they are the main roster. Uh, bragging rights, essentially. Um, 
uh, at least now the main this is uh, from TCH Memento. Uh, now the main core audience of WWE know that NXT is the better product. Abnahab Jav says, "Well, now NXT can say they don't get promoted to main roster. They are the main roster. They might get a proper showing to WWE show, but like being promoted to the main roster is what IWC talk about. It's what we talk about. Mm-hmm. Like NXT stars don't go to the main roster and say like I've been promoted to the main roster. No, just saying they've moved. Yeah, uh, the winner should get the number thirty spot in the Rumble. That's what the, the winner of Survivor Series should get. See, that would actually give it stakes. Yeah, that'd be cool. Which of, which the problem with Survivor Series is that it, is it doesn't have stakes. No. I think, I, like, I'm hoping that they use that. Um, like I said, I'm hoping they use it to allow themselves in on pay-per-views, uh, like, as a reason. I'm hoping they also use it as a reason to keep the door open for NXT's, for the Wednesday show. Because I think what's worked really well, and you can disagree with me, I think, like, maybe people didn't like necessarily the go-home show of NXT because it was a bit too running heavy. But having the ability to have people come back and having that sort of revolving door of talent of like people come into NXT and have a match as sort of a standout. I think it. Lo- I mean, I, I actually am in the agreement with a few people because I, I think you're right. And I think it's what NXT sort of needs, you know, particularly if you are if you're doing this to be AEW in the in the ratings mm-hmm. war. Then you need to do this. Yeah. You need to have your Becky Lynch's, your Seth Rollins. Your, I think just your for main a, big fun, stars. a big fun main event or a big fun like end of the first hour. But for me, it, lo- it makes NXT lose its identity. Mm. It just becomes the third show where anyone sort of shows up and it becomes less about the guys that we like in NXT and more about which main roster star is going to come here this week. True, I, but I just think, yeah, I, I think that does harm it narratively but obviously financially and p- eyes on the product Lee it makes more sense to do that because NXT is the first casualty was, of the what, war what was, I mean what was so weird about all the run up to Survivor Series was yeah sure you go like the, the doors open and that got that boosted the viewing figures but do you know what would have boosted the viewing figures more probably not saying Seth Rollins is going to be there but someone of the calibre of Seth Rollins like pre-advertising that AJ Styles is turning up this mm. week or Becky Lynch is going to be there that is what makes people go not just like it could be anyone, and it's like, well, who was it recently? It was Brazango. If it was, uh, I if in my ideal world, in my ideal world, and a sort of a kayfabe reason as to what NXT can get out of this, it's kind of like what you were saying, mm. but it's more that NXT also get matches on Raw and they get matches on SmackDown, yeah, as a way to then say, you know, you you're putting them out in there to the sort of the two million people that watch. Uh, Raw on a Monday and the two and a half million that watch SmackDown on a Friday and say like and if you want to see more of this go watch NXT on a Wednesday so it's not a case of using main roster stars to boost NXT ratings you're using the main roster to put eyes on the NXT product so it's not the main roster it's not Seth Rollins it's not Becky Lynch it's using the platforms to then say like and watch more of that on Wednesday I think realistically they'll do something in between where it's a feud starts on Raw and finishes on NXT. Yeah. So someone comes along and goes, oh, well, Seth Rollins, we should have a match. And they're like, well, fine, we'll do it on Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, but on the subject of Keith Lee into your super, super, super chat, uh, Daniel Brotherton says, rumor is that Vince loves Keith Lee and sees him as a top heel. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's top, but certainly not heel. Uh, Petty Kruger says, Keith Lee and that glorious spirit bomb. More of Roman and Lee, please, for the love of God. Yeah, him and Roman. Which yeah, just worked brilliantly Roman together. Roman took that spirit bomb like a champ. Well, and Roman, one of Roman's greatest strengths is he makes people look good. Mm-hmm. Like he, Braun Strowman is at the level he is at now is because Roman Reigns made him look so good mm-hmm. in in all of their feuds that they had. Roman is 
is an inc- a great professional wrestler yeah. and is always good at giving people just that and uh, just the right amount to put them over. Yeah. Uh, Metal Bear, NXT won because Keith Lee. Vince saw him and thought, whoa, look at this giant doing all these flips. And like, that's good S-words. Lee to Raw confirmed. I can see him going to SmackDown. Mm. So I can see him going to SmackDown Live. I can see him pulling I double... I, I can kind of see him pulling double duty. Well, yeah, I but if they, want, if they want the... Uh, it'd be hilarious, wouldn't it? If like the, you know, one month after saying there are definitely defined rosters now, you introduce a character that is, I can float between both shows. Uh, are you going to stop him? Valabababundi, <laughs> sorry if I said your name wrong. Uh, Keith Lee is the best without a doubt, but Adam Cole has been the MVP of the week and that is undisputed. I'm surprised Adam Cole was still standing. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's nuts. He's had a hell of a month. Hasn't he just? Um, Rohit Tripathi says, Seth is definitely totally for sure not cool. Cole hits super kick and last shot on Champ's shoulders, but not Seth. Not sure if it's safe. Thoughts? Um, I thought everyone like, was very safe in the mm-hmm. in the match, really. I thought they all did it very well. Uh, Sterling Van, uh, Walter, don't do it. There goes his first pin. Wow, yeah. I think you could probably just ignore everything they've done with Walter to this point. Yeah. Granted, as well, the, the story with Walter was that he the reason why he didn't get to NXT straight off the bat is because he didn't want to travel. Yeah. He likes living in Austria and just traveling over for NXT UK tapings. That he's been in America more makes me suggest that perhaps something has changed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but maybe I, I don't know if you're going to see Walter go to the main roster. Yeah, I d- well, definitely not if they're just going to pin him, because, like, why would you? <laughs> like, yeah. You'd be like, nah, they treat me quite well over in NXT UK, and I did- said I didn't want to travel. Yeah, so I'm just going to keep that? working with Smallman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, that's Jim Smallman, not small men. That's not mm. what I was saying. I mean, he gets to work with those two. Yeah. Uh, Wallow TV, uh, the mayor of Painesville, pinning Walter, first crushed the hopes for wrestling Guerra. He is our guy, the man that crushed the, the ceiling for us, or the crash that ceiling for us. Before Walter and Wolf got WWE contracts, this seemed impossible, and now this it really was a shame for walter yeah like that is one of my biggest disappointments of the evening um and lastly we'll just do this one and then we'll get into the main show uh, this is from graham scrivener who says i watched survivor series last night thought it was great keith lee is over shame about walter but it's probably one uh one but it's probably best one this year agreed but it probably best one this year agreed pay-per-view maybe yeah maybe one of the best pay-per-views of the year mm. maybe that's what graham was getting to sorry about that graham get into the main bulk of this show so on the pre-show we had three matches announced mm-hmm. uh, I, I was listening to ollie and pete's highlights and lowlights podcast that they did and they theorized that two of these matches were designed because they realized that if they were going in the direction they were going raw and smackdown were not really going to get a lot of wins yeah particularly raw and so they were like right we need to Add a, add a match. Add a load of the SmackDown. Like, we'll just add a tag team battle royal where there's four teams from SmackDown and three teams from the other brands. Yeah, we'll stack the, we'll stack the decks. Yeah, exactly. So it was the OC versus the Revival versus Forgotten Sons versus Rudolph the Rando tag team versus Street Profits versus Hawkins and Ryder versus Breezango versus Lucha House Party versus Imperium versus Heavy Machinery. Great bit of commentary when Hawkins and Ryder made their entrance where they went, "Here comes two superstars who are always grateful that they're still here." <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> it's true though. Yeah, um, this was, I mean, 
there are do so your figure show on the YouTube. Yeah. There were 10 teams in this match, and this match probably went eight minutes. So mm-hmm. it was very, very quick eliminations. Uh, Forgotten Sons were out first. Lucha House Party went out next. Hawkins and Ryder were out. Imperium were out. Heavy Machinery were out. Dango caught Breeze, but not the second time. And they were out. Breeze Dango. Uh, uh, Revival were then out. The OC were then out. Came down to Street Profits and Rudolph. One of the stories they told of this match is the story that Dolph does in every single Battle Royal or Royal Rumble, which is, I'm out. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm the skin of the cat. It's his one gimmick he's got these he days. He loves a skinned cat. And yet, Montez Ford did it once in this match and did it a hundred times better than Dolph Ziggler has ever done it in his life. Because well, he was pushed off the top, wasn't he? Yeah. So he like then flopped down and caught himself. It was then, amazing. Like, oh, wow. He's so good. It was so great. Uh, but in the end, we got the fr- frog splash by Ford, but then I think Dolph threw him out. So Rudolph are your winners uh, to give SmackDown a point. Yeah. It was um, rude that threw him out, yeah. Was it rude? Okay. Yeah. Uh, we then got a triple threat for the Cruiserweight Championship. Kalisto representing SmackDown took on Akira Tozawa for Raw against NXT, NXT's Leo Rush, uh, the Cruiserweight Champion. Um, this, this to me, also felt like a match where it's just like, this is just randomly for these points now. Because like, yeah. why would the NXT Cruiserweight Championship match count towards the score for oh, Survivor Series? Because they were facing off against... SmackDown's Kalisto. No, and Raw's and Kira no, they're 205 guys. No, they're not. Like, they hey, Lucha House Party guys. were leading the SmackDown invasion yeah, on Monday because of this match. Because <laughs> we had to fudge the numbers. Anyway, this was good cruiserweight action. They were constantly putting over the Rush versus uh, Gaza feud. Rush retained. Yeah. It was, you know, it was wrestling. I thought this this was the cruiserweight match that always kind of happens where it's just really very good and people get really very hot for it as it goes on. Yeah. And it did the exact job that it's meant to do. At least was, the, I think the yeah. first match was such, so much of a, like, like mind F because it was just too many guys. There's also barely anyone keep, in the arena could, as well yeah, so it was still fighting yeah, in. You could barely keep track of what was going on. And this match was just like, whoa, they've done some really, really cool spots. There was the, that bit where um, Tozawa hits the bridging German. And Kalisto steps on him Mm. to then roll through and roll up Rush at the same time. That was such a cool moment. Um, And actually, the crowd were into that. And they were also into the next match. And saying the crowd were into this is not going to be a recurring theme of this show. Because it was, oddly for a Chicago crowd, very quiet Mm. for a large portion of this show. It wasn't an elimination match. This crowd didn't care. Yeah. Which was shocking, really. But we'll come on to that later. Um, it was the Viking Raiders versus the New Day versus the Undisputed Era. The Tag Team Champions colliding. New Day crushed a promo leading into the match. Which yeah. Was, and that, that led straight into Big E doing the entrance. So good. Yeah. Uh, this promo was wicked. It was fire. It was really, really good. But as uh, Ollie and Pete said on the live stream and in their highlights, and as this was one of their lowlights because... Poor Kofi Kingston, man. How the mighty have fallen. How the mighty have fallen. And, uh, you know, Ollie said in his review, it's just, it feels like Kofi Mania was for nothing. Yeah, he got F5'd all the way down to the pre show. It didn't he? Just. Crikey. Because here he is now, just as a tag team guy again. He's never getting his revenge on Lesnar. Lesnar's on the other show now. Yep. So. Yeah, it's a real shame for Kofi. But this was a really fun match. You got really, like, really into it by the end where essentially everyone just got in to do... If you're a fan of um, Legal Man Syndrome, um, then this match would have driven you bonkers because it was just people getting in without tags and doing moves and the referee lost control. It was basically <laughs> luchador rules. It oh, was, yeah, yeah, pretty much at that well, point. I, I, but I really some, enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, and I think it, it was a good dynamic as well because it was... The, I think the, the main story of the match was like Undisputed Era are too small <laughs> yeah, <laughs> compared yeah. to three of the other guys in the ring. And they did a brilliant job of just doing their jam in very small 
bursts of like yeah. there was a great bit where they put Kofi's leg through the ropes and Fish hits a dragon screw and then Kyle O'Reilly chops him down and he hits the jump the dropping knee into a heel hook. hook. Yeah. And it's like all that kind of their their specific like tag team psychology that they do of like we're gonna we're gonna work a limb and they did it they just attacked everyone's legs the whole match it was brilliant yeah it was really really good whereas everyone else just did their big guy stuff which was really fun too everyone got in everyone did big moves lots of near falls um scoop slam off the apron yeah like the crowd were like on their feet at this point particularly when biggie did the spear through the ropes on 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 eric uh total elimination on the outside uh and then kofi went to do the trouble in paradise but missed and like completely clattered his knee into the post um so it came down to the Undisputed Era versus the Raiders. Ivar dodged total elimination by doing a cartwheel, which is always fun. And then they hit the Viking experience on both of them to the win. So he did it on with one of them to the other lad. Yeah, so he dropped Kyle on Fish. And there you go, fish, yeah. 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 Um, fun match. Uh, so that got Raw there. One and only point of the evening. Mm. Um, then we got uh, into the actual uh, night itself. So the, the pay-per-view itself. And they had the goal on this show to have the Michael Cole line of it's the one night of the year that Raw and SmackDown go head-to-head in direct competition. They haven't done that in the build because mm. they know it's complete BS this year where we've had wildcard Raws and everyone just showing up on any show they want. Yeah, but Michael... Not, they but not, the, the whole, not the whole <laughs> roster, Luke. The whole roster! They had the gall to yeah. use that line here. Um, it's been the best of both worlds for us. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, and again, it felt like... And, and it was odd because this promo package felt like all of the NXT invasion stuff have been led by Triple H, which in fairness, all the build to it was. Mm-hmm. But then on the night itself, there's nothing for Triple H. Yeah. Like he's not there. So it made all of the build make no sense. Yeah, I guess. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really, didn't bother me massively because I knew what the Triple H, like the rub from Triple H was about. It was about setting it up so people came and watched this show because NXT was on it. And so then it's fine to not, overuse him here because actually you want to let the talent shine through and I think this show did a very good job of letting the NXT talent shine well, through. Well that's it and which is why I think they should have done throughout the build for this yeah, no, absolutely. was, was yeah, not yeah. have Triple H cut all the promos for them mm-hmm. it was to let them lead the charge. Please Triple H. Well I, yeah I know quite. Uh, so we started off with the women's Survivor Series match uh, again like the men's match everyone came out to uh, their respective show's themes there was no separate entrances um, Candice and EO just casually Sc- standing beside yeah, each other casually came, walking up like, I'm, I'm here. so dumb seeing Io Shirai <laughs> and Candice LeRae on the same team just pick another person <laughs> yeah. pick it, literally anyone yeah um, interesting note about this match with the exception of Natalia every single woman came from NXT yeah you know it, it, it's, it's funny when you talk about sort of brand warfare thing but 99% of the match came from one of those brands mm-hmm. yeah and it actually shows you how good NXT has been at creating what we have now as the main roster yeah it is majoritively M- nxt stars well, former uh, nxt stars name like name another person who wasn't already like, who hasn't gone away and come back that just went straight to the main roster well there's only one match on this card that didn't feature someone who came up from the nxt system and that was brock versus ray yeah who of their own admission happened 15 years ago yeah aj is like AJ and the OC are the yeah. only other ones who really have been flown in from outside. Like, exactly, there's, yeah. there's, there's nobody in it. In and, and Randy that, Orton, because yeah. he's been there for 100 years. But that's what I mean. There's no one who hasn't been there for 100 years who's like recently been signed and yeah. is like on WWE's main roster. So it's a real, cre- real credit to NXT creating 
a lot of these guys granted as well when i say they created a lot of them they brought in the already established names change the name and then well, they just it, oh, bring them a, in, sometimes change they the name sometimes they then, keep the name yeah, and, but true. then we're like and now we've made you a star mm-hmm. it's like no they were already a name when you when you brought them in you keep asking keith lee to do the match he's been doing forever <laughs> yeah uh, tony storm was part of this team so she got to have a nice little showing here some fun stuff um the first person out was who was the first person out Hmm. It, it took a long time for there to be yeah. anyone injured, like anyone. Oh, actually, I did like before we get to that. I did like them doing the showdown between Kyrie Sane and Io Shirai, the match that we should have had earlier this year. Yeah. Before Sane was stolen from NXT, and the crowd were massively into it, and that made me think that this crowd were an NXT savvy crowd. Yeah. Which made it very weird then when they went completely silent for AJ versus Nakamura versus Strong. Hmm. I think maybe that was just fatigue. Mate, but, mate. Like, in I, the second match on the card. I, I, well, it was, this, was a, this was quite a long match and there was quite a lot going on. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it found, it didn't start off amazingly and then found its feet and it had all these, it had really, really good moments throughout. Like I love the Io Shirai Kairi Sane face off. I love the fact that they were like staring off. The crowd were getting like more and more mental about it. And then the camera just did this great little move. Where you, it just went from, I think, from just Kyrie and panned up a little bit. And you see Carmella being like, hello! <laughs> yeah. Me! I was like, no Which one cares about Carmella. Yeah, it was really she, fun. She did all the Carmella stuff she really well. She played in this it match. brilliantly. Yeah. Yeah. It was so good. So, yeah, the reason why we couldn't find who went out first is because they did the the, the start of this bizarre oh, booking, the, yeah. which is Io Shirai and Candice LeRae got injured. Mm hmm. And they had to be taken to the back because they were selling the effects of war games. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were helped to the back. So NXT already down to a disadvantage. They lost two of their key people. And they were putting over, this is what, um, this is what happened to Rhea Ripley at War Games. Yep. You know, because she lost two of her, two of her teammates before, I mean, halfway through the match because Dakota Kai turned on Tegan Knox. Yeah. So she, once again, she finds herself at this disadvantage. Mm-hmm. So it was then really weird for her to play the heel for the rest of the match. Yeah. Like, they were cheating to win. They had a moment when Ripley... uh, Yeah, Belair pinned Nikki Cross with her feet on the ropes and Rhea Ripley helping Belair have her feet on the ropes. Any old advantage, isn't it? Yeah, it was just... They're wily NXT. But that's what what, uh, the main roster will use to devalue this win and keep themselves afloat. Like, SmackDown will be like, well, this happened. And Sasha Banks was in there. But it's also their plan... If I get this straight, Rhea Ripley's plan was you two are going to fake injuries to be taken to the back so that we can then ha- be at a disadvantage in, you know, against 10 other women. For the whole match. For the whole match. So that when I make it down to the final two, you can come out and help me win. She's very confident. Like, <laughs> very. For, also, for a short, she's got a short burst of confidence and then it runs out and then she's like, God, I need some help now. Yeah. Also, that plan would have worked exactly the same if you hadn't have taken them out at the start. If it had been like, wait till I get down to the final one and then just come down and help me win. Yeah. Like, you didn't need to do the fake injury thing either. Yeah, we didn't need to, and we didn't need to wait quite as long into the last bit where yeah. like you come in at the moment where it seems like I'm about to lose. You could have just come like as soon as it gets down to two, yeah. come in. And bearing in mind as well, they were doing this to the heel Sasha Banks. Yeah. Who was essentially now playing the baby face in peril. It was so weird. I still like, really enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed the match, <laughs> the don't get me wrong. Was... I did enjoy the match because I enjoyed it all, but it's it was all spots and no substance. Yeah. Because as soon as you put one modicum of thought into it, you're like, well, none of this makes any sense. And it just kept taking me out of the match. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, why 
why is this happening? Yeah. It was the weirdest. Funny enough, I, I did go back and I watched Ollie and um, Pete's live reactions to this match. And the look of confusion on their face throughout a lot of this where they're like, why is this happening? <laughs> it was really, really weird. It was very funny. And so everyone got in. It was also a spot where um, Kyrie Sane hit the insane elbow for an elimination on an NXT person that Sasha Banks broke up. Yeah. You're like, Banks, mate, wait until the pinned. Then you can hit your knee and pin Kyrie Sane. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was weird. It doesn't help you to stop NXT being pinned. No. Well, very silly. <laughs> it was very silly. Uh, ask Asuka- him. Missed yeah, Asuka ran wild. Um, Charlotte Flair can only be pinned by someone on her own team. So she, she got beat by someone on her own team. She argued with Asuka. Asuka gave her the green mist. Um, and left. And, did, no, she got pinned, didn't she? Asuka just left, didn't oh, she? I know, yeah, Asuka just left. And then um, uh, Lacey Evans gave Charlotte Flair the women's right to pin her. Which was very hard for her to react to with her eyes shut. Yeah. So <laughs> it, didn't quite look very, it didn't look very good. There were some other eliminations here. Sane got eliminated. Dana Brooke, Carmella, I think, got eliminated. Dana Brooke got eliminated with the, the hook kick from Asuka that just went, dunk, out. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought, like, Shades of her debut NXT match. It's one of those, but it's one of those things where I was just like, okay, well... The pluses to see from this is that, like, Kyrie Sane and Asuka feel like a big deal. Now. Yeah. Like, Asuka, Asuka feels like she's almost back to Asuka. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, I feel she's kind of getting her mojo back. And that is a spot with substance mm. because that is should be leading to the TLC match that WWE have already sort of advertised mm-hmm. with the, the local area that it's going to be Flair and Lynch versus the Kabuki Warriors for the titles. Mm-hmm. Um so Natty was the uh, only one left for Team Raw. She pinned Lacey quickly with a roll-up, so SmackDown was only down to one, whereas NXT had three people left. Yeah. This is when you get the other two back, and you're like, we've got five. Yeah, yeah right? Or something yeah. along those lines. But instead, um, we, two of them went out almost immediately because we got the sharpshooter and the bank statement to Tony Storm, heart attack to Bel Air. So now Ripley was on her own. Uh, and then you had the other people run out to protect Ripley from tapping out from the bank statement and then Io Shirai got in to attack um, uh, Banks. Banks while, while Candice was distracting the referee which and they didn't need to do because they were technically still in the match no I think they had been eliminated I think the commentary team said when they got taken to the back they have been taken out of this match oh, wow so Ripley was the sole survivor because right. Shirai and Candice took themselves out NXT made the decision it to been, eliminate two of their own people. It could have literally been Bianca Belair and Tony Storm. Like, it, why did it have to be two people who'd been eliminated and sent to the back? Like, if they're eliminated, they have. They, it's, why it makes no sense. Equally, man. they have equally as much right to just come back down to the ring as like, like. And also, why Orton did an RKO after he'd been eliminated? Also, why didn't any of the other members from Team Raw and Team SmackDown come down to stop this ruckus? Particularly from Team SmackDown, because now their captain is at a one-on-three disadvantage. Yeah, fundamentally a very. It was fundamentally just wrong. (laughs) Like they just they got this wrong. It was a match that was fun, but all of the substance around it made no lick of sense whatsoever. It was like, which is a real shame. But it was like the room. It it, it didn't make any sense, but I really liked it. But I enjoyed it. Yeah, you know who cares. Um, so uh, we got the recap of War Games with Kevin Owens tween, uh, joining Team Champ, and then it led to the Seth Rollins Kevin Owens backstage match. It's backstage match, backstage segment. Uh, then we got our mid card title match of Shinsuke Nakamura versus AJ Styles versus Roderick Strong, um, which was it was a good match. This is a match that I know I feel like I'm being I'm dogging on this almost needlessly. It's a match that would have been better in NXT. Yeah, like on a takeover show, 
this would have been a match of the year contender. Mm-hmm. As the second match on a Survivor Series card, you're told not to go out there and have the match of the year, so you don't. And yeah. then because the crowd were just not into this whatsoever, at one point chanting CM Punk, mm. it just felt very flat. Yeah, I, I got that sense as well. The story because it was the story of the match felt like it was. But it was always kind of one person works over two people. And it was, you know, Shinsuke got a moment where he was beating up AJ and Strong. AJ gets a moment where he's beating up Strong and Shinsuke. Roddy gets that same moment reversed. So, like, it it just kind of, it felt like basically they were just all taking individual moments to have a little bit of a shine. And there was not quite that level of interaction that you'd expect. There was still some really good little fun bits. Yeah, totally. And I also, I think, speaking of other people who've got their mojo back, I feel like Shinsuke Nakamura has found his... Oh, yeah, this is the partnership with Sami Zayn. It's, it's, it, it's like he's come back to life. Yeah. It's like how... It's because they've given him something to do. Yeah, exactly. But that's the thing. is like even like the good vibrations and stuff like or bad vibrations or whatever they're calling it now feels a bit more like punchy. It's like he was doing it sort of like, oh, God, before. Yeah. And now he's like, yeah, me, Shinsuke. Yeah, totally. Um, in the end, uh, AJ Styles hit the phenomenal forearm, but Roderick Strong ran in and threw AJ out of the ring so he could steal the pinfall. Now, I love that finish, but because it came directly after NXT acting like the heels to beat mm. um, Team Raw and Team SmackDown, it did put me in a bad mood. Because this, I think this finish would have been so much better if you didn't have all the kerfuffle of NXT being the heels to win the women's match. Yeah. Because like, when you do that two Roddy back to back... Heel. Well, it, exactly. It makes sense for Roddy to do it because he is the heel and it's the sort of thing that Roderick Strong would do. So I love the finish. Mm. But when you do it back to back with Rhea Ripley getting help from Io Sh- noted uh, hated rivals Io Shirai and Candice LeRae, you're like, uh, what? Why are NXT the baddies all yeah, of a sudden? And I guess it's not a really good like push for NXT to be like, come and watch NXT because it's the show where everyone cheats. <laughs> exactly. you know I mean? The only way they can win is if they cheat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Granted, that was the only time that really sort of hurt NXT. After that, they were played completely like total baby faces. Yeah. It was. It was just. It fumbled in its first two mm-hmm. goes, but then it really picked up. The after big that. mistake they made in this match was that Shinsuke hit a go to sleep. Yeah, he was a, ver- <laughs> a variation of it. He yeah. A, yeah, he hit a variation of the go to sleep, and that's when everyone was like, CM Punk! Yeah, I forgot about him. Chicago! <laughs> Uh, Brian was warming up backstage. The Miz approached him uh, and said that they've been in the ring with the best. Well, Brian has. Um, and But he said, nothing is like The Fiend. Uh, so Miz tells me, you need to go out there and you need to stop The Fiend. For the sake of all our families and stuff, because yeah. he eats babies or whatever he does. <laughs> I've got so, I've got some thoughts on the uh, the, the Daniel Bryan Fiend match, yeah. uh, which we'll come on to in a moment, because for my money, this was, this was match of the night for me. This was Pete Dunne versus Adam Cole for the NXT Championship. Again, I think in front of a takeover crowd, this would have been a, a thousand times better, particularly mm-hmm. because this is, you know, the Chicago crowd. You think about that Tyler Bates, Pete Dunne yeah, match at TakeOver yeah, yeah. Chicago and how rabid that crowd was. Like, that's what I really wanted for this match. Eventually, the crowd did really get into this. Oh, they won them over. When they got into the final sequences, because, I mean, they hit a Canadian Destroyer on the apron and then, yeah, yeah. And then did these amazing... That made himself, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, hello. And they just worked it brilliantly in terms of Cole was selling his injuries from War Games in his midsection and Dunn was selling his injuries from his triple threat match. So they were just targeting each, each other's weak spots. And then that built into the spots they were doing at the end of the match. I thought both of them worked it brilliantly. It told a fantastic story. And I w- the near falls at the end were just so good. Yeah, I, I loved this match. I was like, it started slow and it was very much like 
it was a Pete Dunne match at the beginning where Pete likes to do the all the arm spots and the ringing yeah. and all the kind of slow mat work. And then it built into, you know, you saw all the kind of familiar stuff. They got that out of the way quite quickly. And then they just started to do, here's the familiar stuff again, but here's the twist. And here's the, I'm going to do the flip out of the corner, but he's going to kick me in midair. So that's like a callback to a bunch of stuff that Cole has done recently. His new thing is kicking people out of the air. <laughs> yeah. Don't was, do a flip near Adam's his home. Because he'll get you. He'll get you. <laughs> He just finds that easy. He has to lift his leg less high to get your head if it's upside down. You're giving it to him. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I just love this. The Canadian Destroyer on the apron was the high spot, I think. That was yeah. the, the biggest, like, oh, my, I can't believe they're going to do that. Because when they were doing the suplex, I was sitting there going, like, oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. But, and I loved the selling the injury. And then I was like, then he got up on the thing, and I was like, no, no, <laughs> yeah. no. Yeah, you almost but wait for Dunn to reverse it. Die. And then the bitter end reversal into, into, the, Cana- into the Canadian Destroyer, into the, into the last shot. That yeah. was awesome. My favorite thing about that, and this is one of my favorite things about wrestling, that bitter end into Canadian Destroyer, physics-wise, makes no sense. Yeah. Like, as, <laughs> as physics, there's no way that can happen. And I don't care. No. Because it was, I jumped out of my seat for it because I did not see it coming. And yeah. it was just amazing. And that was so good. So they, that was the thing. They had amazing moves in this match. And they also had just like the brilliant story of like Pete Dunn not giving up and Adam Cole being a little bit disrespectful even at the end where like Pete's mouth guard comes out because he gets back in the ring and eats a kick to the face, beating the count um, after the Canadian Destroyer. And man, didn't he just about beat that guy yeah, as well? He, he did that really good. Yeah. Gets a kick. Drops his uh, gum shield, fear of being knocked out, and that's when Cole stands on his hand and stands on the gum shield. Yeah, I just, I just think it, it, the character work is brilliant. When actually what they've done, gone out there to do with no story leading into it, these two haven't met on NXT for a year. Yeah, like so, oh, but yeah, yeah, War so Games like last War year. War Games last year. Yeah. So like they, they've obviously crossed paths before, but they haven't really even interacted since. Then. It's not like they're in a feud. Yeah, and they're not in a feud. This was thrown together as sort of a showcase match last night, and they managed to make it sing. Yeah, it's really, really good. Great stuff. Uh, so Adam Cole retains the title there. Uh, Team SmackDown had a chat, um, and then we got Daniel Bryan versus the Fiend for the Universal Championship. The Fiend who's stolen Kyrie Sane's gimmick of wearing the belt round his neck. <laughs> <laughs> So you're saying if now. he gets an umbrella now, <laughs> then we know. Um, okay, so here is my overall thoughts of this match. Mm-hmm. This is The Fiend's best match since the Balor match at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. I loved this match, and I loved the story of this match, and the build for this match, which has been Daniel Bryan bringing back the Yes movement in order to overcome, or to attempt to overcome The Fiend. Mm-hmm. I wish that this story had started here and it would end at WrestleMania. Yeah. And you had this match with Brian fully back as the underdog Daniel Bryan with the Yes movement, getting Yeslemania back at WrestleMania to win the Universal Championship. And you have this sort of like three-month-long babyface turn and the bringing back, so he starts to like feel as because he like he had this moment here where he started doing the finger points and he's getting the crowd into it and they were doing it across SmackDown these past few weeks to build to this match. I just wish the build had been longer, and I wish this was at WrestleMania mm-hmm. with Daniel Bryan winning at the end. Yeah, because he went for he went for it here. Yeah, like he actually, you know, there was so there was that. The, the, I think the the big moment of this match was when he starts to lay in the yes kicks. Yeah, so everyone starts going. He he does that that instead of doing that anymore, yeah. and everyone starts yesing, and he kicks him down, gives him the big chop down kick. Fiend pops back up, and he yeah. pops up three times, and on the third one, 
tries to get up and then flops down. That's when Daniel goes to the corner and, and gets ready to do the uh, the, the running knee, yeah. But like he just goes full yes, and it is. It was a really cool visual to see everyone suddenly be like, "Well, I'm gonna." We haven't done this for ages. Yeah. What? What fun? What? Yeah, it's a callback, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm having fun. It was, a, but like you said, it would be a cool like to tease it all the way up to WrestleMania, and then at WrestleMania, that's when he, that crowd. That's when, he, and that's when he finally does it again. Yeah. Like that's we haven't had it for so long, and he finally brings back and embraces that gimmick. Because what an interesting idea it would be to have him lose here, and then launch into the feud for the universal title but here he doesn't win because he hasn't got he hasn't yeah but he he doesn't feel the backing of the wwe That's it, universe completely. he's not accepted that like yeah. yeah that would be incredible because then you could do those chants and you could get the big underdog bit and you could have the crowd willing him back up against the fiend it, all of that stuff would be awesome and, and you, they could still do a lot of that i was gonna say you could still do that you could still do all of that as long as you ignore the part where he did do the yes motion in this match yeah as long as you ignore that bit yeah. you can definitely still tell that story but when this was over i did feel like this was a this was done yeah like it's i i'm almost certain we're on our road to fiend versus roman at wrestlemania yeah like Roman's going to be the one to slay the fiend, mm-hmm. and so it just felt like this was this was it. Now maybe they'll have a return match at TLC, but it never really felt like this is a long term feud. Yeah, there, there was. There Although was, I hope it is. There was a, fina- a finality to that mandible claw, like scooping him out of the air and just yeah. laying it in hard on the floor, and then literally like Brian's arm fighting off, and he just puts his leg across it, which I thought was a really cool visual and a really awesome moment. But yeah, it just had that smack of like, this is done. Yeah, like, we're done now. Um, which is a shame because, as I said, this was this is my favourite Fiend so match good. since Ballad. This was a really, really good match. Still the red light, though. Yep, yep. Give me that red light. Um, well, actually, well, don't give me that red light because I'm, I'm waiting for it to go. Um, <laughs> but it's... Do you know what? It's... it's 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 marmite at this point. Mm-hmm. You either like it or you don't. I think the I think the, the interesting it's a thing about this match is that the the fiend felt more like a character here as well. Like I like obviously it the build to the debut of the fiend was amazing. And I think it's like Bray's got such a presence as the character, but here he was very much like now the universal champion. He felt very much more like he was confident and in control of the whole thing. It's like even just this like he does all the monster spots like popping up and stuff, but just the sort of the weird giggling mm-hmm. to himself and the screaming like there was a moment when he was beating up Daniel Bryan and he just started screaming remember me yeah like I was terrifying yeah he I, it was so good I loved it and, and also like and I think they did a, the good story of, like Daniel Bryan going to places he hasn't been for a while of like leaping off the leaping over the the ring posts to the outside yeah. doing the knee off the apron like Daniel Bryan put a lot on the line in this. Completely match. did, yeah. It was really, really good. But stuff. Also, and uh, but I think also like this should have been this should have been the feud in the place of the Seth Rollins one. Mm-hmm. Like Daniel Bryan would have been a much better character, even if even if you're going to do it in a loss. Daniel Bryan would have been a better character to kind of go up against because you wouldn't get into the confusion that WWE seemingly has about like we can't let Seth Rollins lose, so we have to <laughs> overbook this to to make it work. Whereas you can let Daniel Bryan lose because losing has been part of Daniel Bryan's. Like wrestling genetics, yeah. If like it's part of the character that he loses fairly often because that's why he's an underdog. Yeah, 
Um, so yeah, I thought that was really, really good. Uh, Not Renee was backstage with Rey Mysterio. Um, he pointed out it's been 15 years since he last fought Brock Lesnar, and he's got his pipe with him, mm-hmm. and saying this is the new Rey Mysterio. The old Rey Mysterio wouldn't have done this. And he says that his son Dominic shouldn't be watching tonight. He should be turning away mm-hmm. because of what his dad's going to do to and Brock Lesnar. Backwards down to the ring. <laughs> <laughs> but before we can get to that, we have got that men's elimination match, which we've discussed, which was really, really good. Mm-hmm. Then we got. I thought might have been the main event of the show, but it wasn't. It was Brock Lesnar versus Rey Mysterio for the WWE Championship. Uh, Mysterio came out dressed as the Joker, um, or Doink the Clown, as a, a few people have said. Mm-hmm. That's what exactly what you thought it I was. was. Like, is it Doink the Clown? And I was like, no, no, no it's, it's Todd Phillips' as the Joker. Uh, well, I don't believe it. Um, and I like when Heyman was doing his introduction. He When he was talking about the weight, he said, he announced Brock Lesnar's weight, and they said, that's about two and a half Rey Mysterios. <laughs> <laughs> he also said, mi nombre es, Paul yeah. Heyman, which I was told many times is wrong. <laughs> uh, that's not what you said. That's only if you Google Translate Spanish. It's... Indeed. Um, so this was a really, really fun Brock Lesnar match. I loved this match. I didn't. I wasn't massively into the finish, like... Mm. Because it did make Ray and Dominic look like idiots. But I did get a kick out of it. And I did buy into the finishes. I got a kick out of the moment that this match was built around. I thought the rest of it was fairly standard Brock stuff. And I don't like the Brock stuff. Mm-hmm. Because I've seen it too many times. Well, that's good. I think that's the case. If you don't like Brock matches, I don't think this one's going to turn your your mind on it. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. I don't, like, mind, I don't mind Brock matches. But when they're always billed so far up the card. And they're always this match. Mm-hmm. And it's always like everyone goes nuts for the babyface bit and then Brock wins. Yeah. And it, it it always is just that exact same arc of like borderline tedium and then this really great moment and then Brock wins. Mm-hmm. Or it's over in 30 seconds with Kofi. So what, you know. Or seven seconds. Yeah, seven, seven seconds. Sorry, seven seconds. Yeah. Let's get, so get it like, right, mate. <laughs> sorry. It doesn't last that long. Don't put Kofi uh, over. <laughs> okay, God, how dare you? That's not been the point of this year. <laughs> um, I th- but the, 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 the moment is brilliant in this match. I think the Dominic coming down with a towel ready to throw it in. Brock grabs it off him, chucks it out so it's not going to happen. Ray runs in, low blow. Dominic, low blow. Brock did a great sell job of wandering around like that, and Heyman was going, "Are you okay? Are you okay? are you all right? Are we your plums, your kids? What yeah. about your family?" Got the steel pipe. Yeah. Double six. Familia. <laughs> double six one nine by the Mysterios. The double six one nine was so good. So much fun. Double frog. They, they frog splash both of them, and then they both stacked up for the pin, but Brock still kicked out. Um, and then Dominic went up to do another move, uh, which was an error because he turned his back on Brock Lesnar, who gave him a German suplex, then gave Rave the F five for the win. It did make Ray and Dominic look like champs yeah because it two of them couldn't beat him yeah and like the odds were in ray's favor yeah and it's like what you're gonna do stack keep stacking the deck so like is kane gonna come back and you get you're gonna replay the ray mysterio feud now and do like well it's gonna get kane he's gonna get velasquez not yeah kane velasquez we really do need to yeah so he's gonna get he's gonna get velasquez yeah we're not gonna gonna get get the big red machine he's gonna phone up every other luchador he knows yeah and that's it have you seen what your mask kane yeah (laughs) big red machine kane that is that's close to a luchador (laughs) exactly The whitest luchador we know. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I thought it was it was fun Brock Lesnar stuff, and I thought Ray did his part very well. Um, But it is a shame that the the finish went down the the way that it did. And I think, and like, I'm not saying that the final match did anything to really win people back, but it killed the crowd for the main event. What? Yeah. Okay. But I a crowd that were already sort of toing and froing about how interested they were in. Yeah, because this this. Crowd were very much, yeah, as you said, it was very ebbs and flows. There were times when they were really into something, and then times like the, the triple threat or uh, the Adam Cole 
Pete Dunne match where they were just deathly quiet. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, they were deathly quiet for this main event, which was Becky Lynch versus Shayna Baszler versus Bayley, um, representing their representative brands, women's champions. And the crowd were dead for it. Mm -hmm. And... I'm, I'm, I am sad to say I don't think it was a good match either. No. I don't think it helped that this crowd were not into it and then they were presented with effectively a bad match. It felt really rehearsed, but rehearsed to the point where you'd forget what steps you were doing next. So yeah. you were out of position. It was a bit sloppy at times. It was a bit dull. It, it was a bit dull. It was a it lot. It was so slow. It was too much. It was so much one-on-one and not enough crisscrossing of like you know they had a few interesting triple threat spots yeah but the rest of it was so they clearly couldn't gel their different styles and it's weird because becky lynch and bailey can yeah and and base is amazing she's so like, good yeah. but it's it, i felt that it was too rehearsed i think that's where the match suffered mm. and they were moving at almost in slow motion at times because they were doing rehearsed spots and that that's just my I'm not, I'm not mm. saying that is the case that was my interpretation of this and I, I suddenly got to a point where I was like I haven't written any notes for this yeah because almost nothing interesting has happened um in the end uh, Baszler threw Becky on top of um the table the announcer's table and then went back into the ring and she tapped out Becky uh, tapped out Bailey with a Kirafuna with a Kirafuna clutch yeah and that was it and then the match just ended yeah and I thought it was a real damp ending yeah. to what was already a pretty flat match the crowd didn't pop for most of the stuff that happened yeah well, I don't think I don't think there was, sorry but there was a moment when Bailey hit the Bailey to belly and Baszler kicked out and A going by the crowd you wouldn't have known that Bailey hit her finisher or that Baszler just kicked out of her finisher because it barely looks like a finisher <laughs> I'm so, Big yeah. E does that like normal like <laughs> it's a rubbish finisher yeah. Um, but yeah they, I think they the there was just something that didn't click here, and I think the finish of chucking, like chucking Becky on top of the the announce table. I don't know whether they were hoping it would break or what. It just didn't feel like enough to take her out of the match, and then to sort of roll back in and go straight into the finish. It didn't sort of it, the tempo never built to a point where you were like, "Oh, I care." And there was a few bits where you you were sort of. Um, clearly spots that were meant to be really cool and they never quite got there like there was that bit where Bailey tries to escape on the apron mm. like she she goes to go I think she goes to kick Becky on the outside and she runs straight into Baszler who snaps into like the, the, the clutch. clutch and then she tries to escape and Baszler climbs the turnbuckle and goes for the hanging one but because it's so rehearsed or they're so ready for it. Becky's already on the apron and already hit her. And yeah. so you don't even get a second of Bailey hanging there to be like, well, that's awesome. Like, yeah. whereas, say, in the War Games match, that moment where Rhea gets the reverse cloverleaf on one turnbuckle and Baze is on the other one and she lifts one of Rhea's team up yeah. in the clutch and they're both staring at each other like, go on then! Like, you yeah. know, that, that was, you can get such good um, heat out of that. You, you can really fire up the crowd with these little moves and everything here just sort of wasn't either given enough time or like the pace never picked up enough to make those moments feel like it was like, we're close to the end, we're close to the end, we're close to the end. It was just like, okay... And now the finish. I was fully expecting Becky to get back in the ring. Mm. When when Baszler locked in the Kirifuna clutch, I was like, okay, now Becky's going to get in and we're going to get into our final third of this match. Yeah. And then it just ended. Yeah. And then, to kind of make matters worse, Baszler celebrates with the title and Becky just beats her up and puts her, and puts her through a table with a leg drop. Yeah. So Becky stands tall. And they're like, well, 
your team massively lost. Yeah. You screwed the pooch. Yeah, and uh, and they put over as like, well, she didn't beat Becky. And I'm like, yeah, but now it's it's the old Stone Cold problem of just like, well, we don't want to beat Stone Cold, but also Stone Cold has to stand tall at the end. It's like the, they did this at Armageddon 2000. So Ollie and I, we actually, the best example of this is Survivor Series 1998, mm. where Austin gets eliminated in the quarterfinals or in the semifinals. So the finals of the match, the finals of that tournament is Rock and Mankind. And Rock wins the title and he turns heel and they do the big angle. But the person who stands tall at the end of that show is Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. <laughs> like the man who got eliminated in the semifinals. <laughs> yeah. And also, let's like, just say, like, she didn't beat Becky. I mean, she did. She put her on the table yeah. that took her out she of the match. She took her out, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> when, and when this match was announced as the main event, I was fully expecting Ronda Rousey. I yeah. was like, the reason why this is the main event is because of Ronda Rousey. Not yeah. saying that, actually, to WWE's credit, them being the main event doesn't feel like it's done for women's evolution or women's revolution and stuff. It feels right. right. Becky's the it, biggest thing in the company. It feels like, yeah, this is the biggest match we've got. It should be the main event. Yeah. And quite rightly, it should have been the main event. But I did in my in my mind think of like I think that we are going to get a Ronda Rousey return here yeah. and I do think a Rousey return would have uh, the crowd would have forgiven a lot of the they'd essentially forgotten how boring the match was because yeah. you'd have been left with that moment at the end as it turns out we didn't get that and it just had a bit of a damp ending and then Becky standing tall didn't really get over either Yeah. so the crowd had just sort of left in a huh. well, it's, that, it's that thing with the pacing where it's like they were trying really hard to put over on the commentary that like Baszler loves this pace. And she does love this pace. But if you're going to do that, just have her beat up both people. Just have yeah. her literally dismantling the two of them. Systematically, For yeah. five minutes, like working over different limbs. And then build into sort of a frenzied five minutes. And then go to the finish. Yeah. Like, I don't know why the, ho- the whole match was the same pace. And there was never, there was like a couple of moments where bits and bobs happened. But it just felt, it fell so flat. And then to have a weird ending where you're like, well, Bay's the one and she doesn't even get to stand tall. Becky's like, well, you came here to my house. It's like, yeah, and won! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's true. Uh, but overall, I did enjoy the show. I thought it was a very, very solid four out of five pay-per-view. Maybe yeah. on the sort of low end of the four out of five. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I don't want to say, is that maybe a 4.25 maybe I think, out of five? Yeah, I, think what, I really enjoyed what it. What doesn't push it over the edge, I think, into sort of high fours five is the fact that, yeah, there, there was a couple of dodgy finishes and it doesn't feel like there's going to be stories spilling out of this to really like there was anything to there was barely story going in so there's like very little story to take away from this and, you, and like you were saying what NXT actually going to do with this big victory it felt like an advertisement a very good advertisement mm-hmm. and a very fun show to watch as long as you unshackle yourself from the story of it and i think a lot of those matches imagine a year's time going back and watching random matches of this on YouTube or on WWE Network, like taken away completely from the day-to-day watching of Raw, SmackDown, NXT and, and the shows in general, you'll just be like, that's a great match. Mm. Yeah. With, with like going in with no context, it's a great little match. Yeah. Right, let's get into your super, super, super chat uh, on the subject of Keith Lee and that uh, men's 51515. Uh, Rex Joseph Calmerin says, I hear Vince gave Keith Lee a standing ovation backstage and loved him, hoping WrestleTalk's favorite wrestler gets booked properly. Yeah, there have been reports that Vince absolutely loved Keith Lee, mm-hmm. like really, really fell in love with him. 
Um, yeah, and it, it came from Figure Four. Chris May says, according to Figure Four, Vince loves Keith. That's why he's getting a big push. Uh, Limp says uh, the five on five on five booking undermines what's canon in NXT. But if this is the way to put over NXT, I guess it's a good strategic move. I feel mixed emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, Sparks says a uh, hundred dollars. Says this time next year, Keith Lee will be sexual chock at two point given WWE's history of over uh, wrestlers. Um, well, let's hope not. Yeah, hope not. Uh, Pavi let Andy out of his cage said my favourite moment was seeing Gable versus Riddle I was so happy to see Gable have a spotlight then Cole called him Shorty G and a tear went down my cheek yeah and that, like Gable's run in NXT as well was so good oh yeah it was American, uh, American Alpha Al- American Alpha were wicked what a team yeah um, Chad Gable deserves better Chad like I just genuine he's an Olympian yeah, for God's genuine sake. Olympian and it's like <laughs> yeah. I get that Kurt Angle like as a genuine Olympian got some goofy storylines but he was always treated seriously but he was treated he was treated seriously in the ring yeah but he was just silly as a promo and clearly very funny anyway so i don't know why shorty g has to be lumbered with you are to all intents and purposes a douchebag and that is your gimmick <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you're short <laughs> yeah dick sure. yeah uh, on the women's five on five on five, Sterling Van said, "Rhea has been looking like the next big star with this weekend. I can't wait to see her and where uh, where her and Shayna go from here. Shayna is my favourite. I'm I'm so excited for their inevitable singles clash. Uh, come, yeah, it's got to be so, come right. uh, take over." The one in February in Portland, yeah. yeah. Uh, Joe Nero West 7 said, would have preferred an ending to the women's to be Asuka shows back up and kicks the winner of Rhea and uh, Sasha for the win. Instead, we got that ending. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, Asuka just, you know, the Asuka thing was for Charlotte and Becky Lynch, really. So I I I think that was one of the few things in the match that actually did make sense. Yeah, I like that moment as well. I really like that moment. Because as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, she's going to get misty. I also, (laughs) I've suddenly realized as well, it's, um, she's now essentially the wrestling Dilophosaurus. (laughs) It's one of of my favorite dinosaurs. (laughs) (laughs) She's going to get Wayne Knight next. Nice dinosaur. (laughs) Um, Rhea pins Charlotte, Shayna and Sasha in three days. Yeah, yeah, that's right. She pins Charlotte on Friday, mm-hmm. Shayna Baszler on Saturday, and then Sasha Banks in three uh, on Sunday. The the last one slightly tainted, but the other two were really great. Yeah. That SmackDown finish was incredible. We, you and I were raving about it on the live stream. Yeah, yeah. For, for War it Games, makes, it makes oh so God. much sense. It's one of my favorite finishes I've seen this year. It's uh, it's brilliant. It's stupid, isn't it, to be like it's a crucifix pin, and you're like, it's wicked. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, on the subject of Brian versus the Fiend, uh, Fiend match felt flat to me. Too much offense on Daniel Bryan's side. The crowd turned halfway through. Also, how cool was Ricochet's Bloodhaven Nightwing suit? I did think that was a Nightwing suit. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, he does like his Nightwing. Mm. Uh, I didn't think the the Fiend match felt flat. I think hmm. they did, like, they did, they actually did what you wanted them to, they were trying to do with Rollins, which was they were trying to make Rollins get the big baby face, like, come on, you can do it. And yeah. they, it failed because the Fiend was so hot at that time. Now, you want to book the Fiend as a monster. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's very over anyway, but you want to get people behind the baby face because that's the story that it's supposed to be. The Fiend isn't supposed to be the hero. He's supposed to be the villain. Yeah. And so Daniel Bryan was clearly the perfect choice here. I wonder, actually, because um, we've got a, from Anarag Ananoy, sorry if I've said your name wrong today, it said, what's next for Daniel Bryan? Crowd was crazy for him. I wonder if they're going to build off that Miz promo mm-hmm. where essentially, effectively Miz says, you can get the job done, so I will. TLC. And- and well, yes, maybe you do Miz and Miz and Fiend at, DLC, at TLC mm-hmm. and then build to a three-way. So it's Miz and Brian versus the Fiend mm. for, the, for the title. You could do that at Royal Rumble or, you know, leading into WrestleMania. 
I wonder if yeah, if you can, if they're going to build off the Daniel of the Miz element of this, yeah. because you know, Fiend versus Miz was advertised for house shows. So yeah, it was a plan that they had. I think they might have done it at Starcade. It's a good choice as well because like if well, you're not if you're not, if you're not going to pick his WrestleMania opponent now, which like, apparently if, is ro- broadly is Roman Reigns. Yeah, and it's, so if you're not going to start building that program immediately, Miz is a very good choice to be like, well, he's an easy loss. Yeah, I if you know if it was me and WWE have shown this Miz year losing, sorry, not yeah, um, WWE have shown this year with all the Kofi stuff that they can listen to crowd response mm-hmm. at times. And I'd like to think that them seeing how big the Yes Chan got over in this match and how big it should get over in the next few weeks that, you know, hashtag plans change. Yeah. Hashtag card subjects change. You now realize, no, the big match, the big money match we can do here is Fiend versus Brian at WrestleMania with Brian eventually winning the title. Because mm-hmm. for me, that is a way bigger moment and a way bigger deal than Roman just beating him. Roman beating him feels too. Uh, it feels too rote. It, fe- it? it feels too six years ago. It's so obvious. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's just doing what they did with Brock Lesnar, and Triple H, mm-hmm. and the Undertaker. It's just it's it's every and Brock Lesnar again. It just feels like it's we've done this with Roman. Yeah. We need to do something. Give different. Roman Keith Lee at WrestleMania. Yes, absolutely. Um, Lino, ooh, crikey, Lino Tupapa Delgado. But, I mean, I've definitely said that wrong. No, Lino to Papa Delgado. There you go. There you, you see? Very good, mate. Um, Seth gets offense on the feed, gets booed for it. Daniel Bryan gets offense on the feed, gets cheered. Well, Daniel Bryan's cool. Uh, do you want to take over this triple threat I don't stuff? Think, but I don't think Seth got... Uh... Seth didn't get booed necessarily because of getting offense on The Fiend. He got booed because he sort, the sort of inevitability of what was happening mm-hmm. at the time. Whereas Daniel Bryan doing it, people were people were playing along with what the match was supposed to be. Uh, Ray Slover says, I was there. The main event got BS, boring, CM Punk and AEW chants. That finish really killed the crowd. That should not have been the main event with that ending. Yeah, actually, in hindsight, with that ending, so with that very flat finish, it wasn't the right way to end off that show I guess, and, and the crowd did turn against it maybe it's just the maths yeah like maybe maybe it was just the maths of like well NXT has to win this many and smack, like to make it seem close Smackdown has to be on two at this point going into right, here so yeah. like it kind of is hamstrung by the idea that you've you know what other match could it have been because it yeah. could have been the could have been the women's uh, match or it could have been what else did NXT win? Cruiserweight. Could have been, yeah, it could have been the cru- yeah, it could have been the, so it could have been it could have been the cruiserweight match. It could have been Roddy, uh, Roddy or the women's uh, yeah, the women's five on five. Women's five on five. So I wouldn't have ended the show with that. I guess it would have been, yeah. So it would have been the five on five, or it would have been this match, and that's pretty much all you can do because otherwise you don't. The overall story of the pay per view doesn't work. It was a really funny visual where they had like the final standings with NXT. It was like NXT has won the night, and Becky Lynch is standing tall with her belt. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, 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 a bit jarring that. Uh, well, they, they did make her, so you know. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Christopher Marino says, "Why are you people surprised? Why are people surprised the main event was boring? The majority of Baszler's matches have been slow and boring, unless she's in a cage match." I think that's unfair. Disagree. But, yeah, disagree. Because her series with Kyrie Sane was incredible. I think she's wicked. I think yeah. she's had some awesome matches. I just think she does a very specific style, and maybe there needed to be a sort of different working of this match yeah agreed uh, Kodiak 1984 says Baszler stand over Becky would have been a better ending yeah yes it would have done Completely it would have agree. made more sense yeah absolutely uh, on the subject of Corey Graves and Mara Ranallo James McCall says thoughts on Corey Graves' behaviour my thoughts about him are too rude to write here along with Saudi Arabia things like this are putting me off watching WWE for a very long time um, yeah it's, it's, it's not cool 
Mm. It's, not, it's not a cool situation. Um, if, you, if you're not aware of what happened, uh, Corey Graves put up a tweet saying, uh, I think, was the effect of, hey, do you know that commentary team has a WWE Hall of Famer and a former Ring of Honor champion? I'm sure they'd love to get their thoughts in. Mm. Because, uh, effectively saying Mara talks too much on the show. And Mara Ronaldo with it is you know got a very well documented and very well publicized history. You know himself talking very openly about it of, his, of mental health problems. Apparently got very upset by this. He's deactivated his Twitter accounts and didn't show, well, not didn't show up, but effectively wasn't there for Survivor Series. He yeah. was supposed to be there. Um, uh, the, the report currently is that if he's not there on Wednesday, that's when it becomes a story. Yeah, but as it stands, he is going to be there on Wednesday. A bit unfair, really, as well, because he's the play-by-play, and he's very good at the play-by-play. And exactly, there's a lot of yeah. play to play by. Like, yeah, I, th- I, I, at no point listening to that show did I think, "Oh my god, he's talking too much." And no one ever does. Well, no one ever thinks, "God, Mara talks too much." Well, it's funny how he's probably the only commentator who's got a chant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite. Just staying. Like, yeah, he's got you know. something over. Uh, to answer Stunning Van, um, I don't know if Morrow has an Instagram account. Um, and Stevie Ray, that's the, the story for you. Uh, do you want to take our Survivor Series miscellaneous? Uh, yep. Luke Etern says, great show, but bad finish. Uh, I'd, I'd agree. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, Pierce Frost says, when Brock came out, my girlfriend looked at me and said, is that Danny DeVito? Haha, <laughs> never realized how much oh, Paul, Paul Heyman, Heyman looks like him. I was about to say, Brock Lesnar. <laughs> <laughs> is that Danny DeVito? <laughs> Uh, Sterling Van, NXT won. That's two weeks. AEW will take an L in the ratings. Hopefully more people will be watching both shows, though. I want both to grow. You've got to think as well that NXT will get that post-pay-per-view bump yeah. to, to help them get... Excuse me, to, to help pick up another win over AEW in the ratings. Yeah, it, it might be one of those weird things where it's... You know, it's like Raw is after the pay-per-view. So maybe maybe it's Raw doing it to NXT. You know, like maybe Raw makes people go, like, I don't want to watch the wrestling. Yeah. Like, and then they well, don't watch NXT. I like. mean, it is always worth noting that more people watch Raw and SmackDown than they do pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. So like if you're looking at the hierarchy, it's SmackDown, Raw, pay-per-views, NXT. Yeah. So yeah, you've got to, you want to be doing stuff on the Raw and SmackDown to kind of be driving people to yeah. Uh, NXT rather than the pay-per-views but, and that's the thing I think if all the products was really good then people would probably watch more of all of it but if you watch Raw and you come away disappointed from some of what happens on Raw mm-hmm. you're probably not going to be like well I'll just give this other smaller show a chance shall yeah. I uh, Pratik Pankaj says Adam Cole made me genuinely proud as Nigel said is he the best NXT champion ever PS my mum found it hilarious when Ray kicked Brock down there yeah it is Brock's weakness yeah. being kicked in the dick yeah that's it the Brock cock uh, yeah, uh, and Adam Cole, had, he's had a great, great couple of days. He he might genuinely be the best NXT champion ever. Like I think he's killing it at yeah. the moment. He's just having great match after and, great match. And it just shows that they should just strap a rocket to the guy and mm-hmm. just go like you do something big with him. If you ever ten, if you ever send him to Raw and SmackDown, just give him a title within the first couple of months. For God's sake, don't just wait ages. Like don't Andrade him. Don't, don't Drew him. Like yeah. You know, what, <laughs> Whichever, whichever, choose a guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take your pick. Take your pick. There's so many. Uh, um, Matt Deakin says, double heel turn for Becky and Seth. Certainly not Becky. Surely not Becky. I think, no, nah, Becky was playing to, Becky was being Becky at the end there. I don't think that was heel, that was a heel move at all. That not was at a, all. That was a Becky move in their head. Uh, Rex Joseph uh, Calmerin says, why was there a count out on a triple threat match? Great question. Wonderful right. question. And I, I do not know. Uh, Parvi let Andy out of his cage. NXT won Survival Series so they can afford new gear. 
<laughs> Rex Joseph Calmarin again with NXT now has momentum. Both yeah, you've got to think so. These are all true. Kodiak 1984, do you think NXT looked great to aid against AEW? That's what our Highly theory is. Likely. That's, high, that, that's what our theory is. Harvey yeah. let Andy out of his cage again. Ray versus Brock feud will continue till WrestleMania where Ray, Domin Dominic, Velasquez, Sin Cara, Grand Metalik, <laughs> Kalisto, Andrade team up and still lose. Lol. Could happen. Yeah. <laughs> Only one of them has to get hit with an F5, and it is <laughs> devastating. KML says, props to Walter for pulling double duties tonight. Must have practiced the 619 many times. <laughs> <laughs> Tiny Walter. Yeah, there is. A th so when Dominic came back and everyone said, God, he looks like Dominic, or mm. like Walter looks like Dominic, at a indie show that Walter did that same weekend, it was I think it was in the UK, he did a 619. Because <laughs> everyone kept making the joke about, God, he does look like Walter. <laughs> Uh, right, on the subject of WWE, Daisy Ruth says, Hello from the scene of WrestleMania 36 Paradise, Tampa, Florida. When, or if, would you like to see my wife, Ronda, return since it wasn't tonight? Um, if When they're ready to do, then, uh, you know, maybe you do Survivor Series next year. You do the Horsewomen, Horsewomen. Yep. Allow this Becky Baszler thing to bubble over. Because mm -hmm. the problem is now if you bring back Ronda, that overshadows Becky and Baszler. Yeah. So, or, you know, unless you build to Becky versus Baszler at WrestleMania for the title, and that's when you have Ronda come back. Ronda interferes, Baszler wins the title. And then that's when you can start the Horsewomen-Horsewomen feud to lead up to WrestleMania. Yeah. Or to, to the Survivor Series, rather. But then you don't want Ronda to come back and not be able to go for the title against her best mate, Baszler. Mm. Sterling Van, Sterling Van, Killer Kelly versus Tony Storm, make it happen. I think you'll probably find that match. On the internet somewhere, I'd have yeah, thought. Yeah, hundreds probably, of times. Yeah, I'm well, sure. They must have done it somewhere. Stunning Van, Walter versus Sheamus, if he returns. Just because Sheamus would light up like a Christmas tree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it'd, be like, it'd be like a ceremonial turning on the lights. <laughs> Danny Richardson says, uh, to the stands trying to make this about uh, fearing AEW, eyes are on wrestling as a whole. So, of course, everyone is stepping up their game, rising tide. I mean, it always is true. Like, competition brings out the best in people. Mm. You know, it's why WWE has been stagnant for the last... 20 years is because yeah. they haven't really had much competition. They had impact for a little while. They've not had to try. Exactly. They haven't had to try. But as soon as AEW beat them in the ratings, you're like, uh-oh, well, now we've got to try. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's fearing. I think it's, you know, you've got a new thing that you're doing and you want to establish it however you can. And I think it's even even in terms of people watching after the, like, obviously the ratings matter in terms of the publicity that you get every single week of people going, AEW got this, NXT got this. But you'd want eyes on NXT in general. So you can also sell pay-per-views. Yeah. I'd also argue as well, that if, if I'm in WWE shoes, I mean, I'd be jumping for joy regardless of NXT wins because of the ratings patterns show that AEW viewers switch over to NXT during ad breaks. Yeah. NXT viewers do not switch over to AEW. So you are siphoning away their viewers. Slowly but slowly, surely. But, yeah. Yeah, so, or not slowly but surely, but like even if they, because they eventually switch back. Yeah. So like they'll, you know, during the ad break, they'll watch NXT and then switch back to AEW when the, the show comes back on. So they are a loyal AEW audience, but they also want to see what NXT is doing because they like NXT. Yeah, because they whereas, like wrestling. Exactly, because they like wrestling. Whereas NXT fans are diehard WWE fans who are like, no, 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 I, I'm only watching WWE. Yeah. So you're you're winning like even if you're not winning the ratings you're still winning yeah and even when a nxt beat them in the ratings this is probably where the the downfall of this my argument slightly comes in is that even when nxt beat them in the ratings this week aw still killed them in the demos because mm -hmm. nxt basically just brought in more over 50s to, yeah. to watch it so aw still got their core demographic they're killing it in the demos that they want uh, and nxt's you know 
siphoning away their viewers. Everyone's uh, winning. The, the, yeah, the big thing about NXT is you were doing it anyway, and now someone's paying you to put it on TV. Like, yeah, <laughs> and you get ad, and there's ad money too. Exactly, like, it's mental. Like, yeah. That's a win. Uh, the Zoe says, WWE on Fox uh, forgets the towel spot with Tyler Bate. Yeah, so uh, WWE, uh, the Fox, uh, WWE on Fox Twitter account said, uh, throwing in the towel to forfeit a match, not in WWE, is a bit of a shot to the MJF um, mm-hmm. Cody finish. Um, yeah, forgot that Tyler Bate had already done that spot. And that was that was brilliant. And I was going to say, and, I think, and the really, Tyler Bate spot really was done good. way better than the MJF one. But that's my AW bias showing through. Um, Sparks. Um, Screw you, Luke. <laughs> it's Asher. It's boss time banks, Michael. Yeah, I, no, I caught that. He had to sneak one in there, didn't it? Of course he did. Um, Anorag uh, said, could the Demon Balor versus The Fiend be possible? Well, not now that Balor's in NXT. Yeah, I also I think that match is too heavily gimmicked then at that point. Well, no, what you want to have is one of them dressed like Sister Abigail and the other one <gasps> do uh, the Pumpkin King. Yes, that'd be great. Yeah. Uh, Pavi led Andy out his cage. Seth is heel. Uh, he said he made NXT and he can burn it. I don't think they see him as the heel. Though. No, but I did enjoy that. That was a fun, that, that was a fun little bit of hubris to run into the. Uh, they keep calling it the jackhammer now. That move, that <laughs> yeah. Keith Lee does, but it was called the limit breaker before. Wasn't I think it? so, yeah. yeah. Which is a, a Final Fantasy thing. Mm-hmm. Um, e Ace says, uh, "So Becky isn't cool either, huh?" I think the the booking certainly didn't make her look cool at the end of the night. But then but again, that's what I they thought was happening. Yeah, but I don't think that it's it's not Becky's fault. I don't think it's, the, the the match just didn't work. Yeah, the match didn't work, and then you know maybe that was a last minute call to make it kind of at least get some sort of excitement going. Um, lastly, uh, Russell Talk Miscellaneous. Miscellaneous. Now I'm doing an Ollie Davis. Uh, Nathan the Alpha Wolf Vela says, "Will you guys be uploading a highlights video of your reactions from NXT Takeover and Survivor Series? That would be amazing. Have a good day. Lovely time with the boys. Uh, we have done it previously, but it, they never really drew good numbers. Mm. I don't think we were getting them quick enough. I think is the problem because our editors are working on our other daily content. So I don't know if it is going to happen because by the time it gets done it'll be like thursday we might do i've got a fun idea Ooh, um, interesting. i've pitched to ollie before and he said do but we haven't had an editor so if we can get an editor yeah we can do this idea uh nathan again says and uh here's laurie blake with the joke of the day come on mate you're a former stand-up yeah, I, I don't remember my own joke <laughs> uh, i had a mate who claimed he had a small red flower in the place of genitalia it's poppycock i say there it is, ladies and gentlemen. There, there it is. Go. One of my favorite old jokes. Yeah. I used to have a job uh, in a calendar factory. Number mm. five for taking days off. Canamil Probabil says, OMG, Luke, DLC would be a great pay-per-view concept for crap gimmick wrestling. Mm. It's not a bad shout. Dips, um, ladders, and chairs. <laughs> and donations with no message. James, uh, Harry, and Christian, thank you very, very much for all of your donations. And Thanks, thank guys. you all so, so much for watching. Uh, thank you for all of your super chats. It's been a wonderful time hanging out with y'all. Ooh. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.